Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 21. Now this will be about the longest reading of scripture that I have um, ever read, but it's, it's got to be done so that um, we can get the full gist of the story. Because it's really a story that, that we're going to walk through today. Amen? Amen. So y'all better be glad that I don't, be, I don't make you stand for reading of the word. Because <laughs> this one alone, we started at verse 21, and we're going all the way through to the 43. Wow. <laughs> Mark chapter 5, verse 21. Amen. Amen. And I'm reading out the New American Standard. <clears throat> and I'll try to read it with some, you know, some pizzazz so it won't be so boring. Amen. <clears throat> it says, when Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. And so he stayed up, He stayed by the seashore. One of the synagogue officials named Yeris came up and on seeing him fell at his feet. And implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. And he went on, he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in, in on him. Verse 25 A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of the physicians had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, they came from the house of the synagogue officials saying, your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher anymore? But Jesus overhearing what was being spoken said to the synagogue official, do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. And he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue official and he saw a commotion and people loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. They began laughing at him, but putting them all out, he took along the child's father and mother and his own companions and entered the room where the child was. Taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talith Kum, which translated means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old, and immediately they were completely astounded. And he gave them strict orders to not that no one should know about this, and he said that something should be given to her to eat. Amen? Amen. A whole lot of words in that, right? Amen. Well, what we want to talk about today is from the point or from the subject of do not be afraid any longer, only believe. And a little subtitle would that be why? Because daddy knows best. Amen. Amen. Daddy knows best. We have a story right here starting in verse 21 about years who who they say in the scripture is a synagogue official. 
And some translations say he's a synagogue ruler. What does that mean? That means that he was one of the he was he was one of either the Pharisees or the Sadducees, at least an elder, but he had a high position in that church in that in that city where they were in Capernaum. And that means that he probably set forth the, the whole order of service. He probably was the one that read the scripture at the service before before there was the teaching on the scripture. So he had a, a very high position. He was very well known in in the in the in the community. He was very probably well liked in the community. He he was he was he had a position of authority in the community. So and I'm saying all this for a reason because we have this man, Yeris, who has an issue. He has all these things, all these accolades. He's probably he's probably well off because a lot of the religious people at that time were well off. The people who controlled everything, they were well off. So he had high position, high status, high high integrity with people. You know, probably wealthy, but yet he still had an issue. And how many of us can know sometimes it's like that where we can have everything going on over here. We got a good job. We got a good house. We got a good car. We, we got, you know, good friends, but, but, but our child acting crazy. Or we got something else, all everything is good, but our job and our boss, they acting a fool. Or, or, or we don't have a job. Or the money ain't coming in the way it's supposed to. But we got, we got an issue. And it seems like that issue is is on his deathbed. It seems like that issue is making us almost feel like we're on our deathbed. So we, we find ourselves like Yeris right here who comes to Jesus and, and he's got this issue and he says that that, that his daughter is, is dying. That his daughter is dying. So see, we have a father here who goes out searching for Christ. Who goes out searching for Christ. And I and I thought it was real funny that that he went and not the mother. Why did the father go and not the mother? And I kept asking God that. I said, Well, well, she had a mother and, and she had probably other relatives, but why did the why did the father go? Why did the father go searching for Christ? Why did he go looking for Christ? And even when he went looking for Christ, he went risking a whole lot of things. Because see, he was a religious, he was a religious person, a religious official, a synagogue official. So for him to even be in the same company with Christ could have looked bad to his other friends, could have looked bad to his other uh, colleagues. So for him to even do this, he was taking a risk. But but why why did he do this? Why why did he? Why did he feel the need to do this? Because he knew that something in his life was dying and he only knew one person that could get it right. Amen. And I believe that the father went because that's the proper order of things. When, when, when something is dying in, in the, in the family or something is dying in that situation, it's a, it, it takes a father to say, you know what? I got to seek God for this thing. I got to believe God for this thing. I got to go after Christ to see what the answer is going to be. I can't worry about what everybody else is going to say. I can't worry about what everybody else is going to think about me. I can't worry about what I'm going to lose in this thing because I got something that's dying that I love. So he goes to see Christ. And it's real funny because unlike Nicodemus, we know the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus comes to Christ when? In the middle of the night. And he says, how can a man be born again? And he go through the whole little story with, with Christ and all that. But he does it at nighttime. Nicodemus was a synagogue official. And here we see him, he's sneaking to go see Christ. And see, a lot of us will do that. We'll sneak to go see God, but we don't want everybody over here to know that we go see God on Sunday. Yeah, what you do on Sunday? Oh, I just, I just chill. You don't want nobody to know that you actually went to church. You don't want nobody to know that you actually read the scripture, that you do that every morning. Not that you're trying to brag about it, but you don't even want nobody to know about it. You, you, you like Nicodemus. You, you want to go sneak and see Christ. You want to have a down low relationship with Christ. Christ say, no, I ain't on the down low. I don't roll like that. He said, if you want to get with me, you got to get with me up front. Amen. Amen. You got to be like years. Years comes up to Christ and Christ is surrounded by a crowd of people. 
He's surrounded by a crowd of people. But I got to believe that years was like, you know what? I, at this point, I don't even care. I don't care what people going to say. I don't care if I'm going to lose my job. I don't care if I'm going to lose my friends. I got a problem, and I know a man that's going to solve it. Because it's funny that years' name, and you know, the Hebrew, uh, the, the uh, Israelites, the Hebrew people, they were very specific in naming their kids. They they weren't like us. You know, we you know, we give our Shamika and Alize and Tamika and and Yonika and whatever name Ika it is, you know. As long as it's Ika, then it, you can put something in front of it. Mo Ika, Mohisha Wika, you know. So but they were very specific. And Yeris name translates into God enlightens. God enlightens. So his name was, his, his destiny was set for him at the beginning. Even though he was a synagogue official and he was all about the law and about religious things and tradition, this is the way we did it, this is the way we always did it, this is the way we don't keep on doing it. There was something on him that said, you know what, that, there's more to this thing. There's more to, to what I'm seeing. There's more to what I'm doing. And see, that's what we can learn from him is that there's more to it. There's more to than just coming to church on Sunday. There's more to just singing worship songs and, and standing up. There's something more to it. God enlightened me to what that more is. But the only way we can be enlightened is that we got to go to him. And like Jeremiah says, it says, you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. See, that's the thing. See, seeking him like Nicodemus, you know, on the download, that's not all your heart because you're worried about what somebody going to say. You're worried about what other people are going to do. You're trying to get around the corner and be like, come in, come in, Jesus, let me talk to you for a minute. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I believe I want, I, want to, I want to pray with you, but I don't want nobody to know because I don't want to be people to think I'm sold out. I don't want people to think I'm that radical. I don't want people to think I'm a fanatic. You know, they think I'm all crazy with this stuff. So I'm just going to meet you at nighttime. I'm going to meet you in my prayer closet. See, I'm all holy in my prayer closet at nighttime. But on Monday morning, you know, I got to play the part. That's not what he's looking for. He says, seek me with all your heart. With all your heart, not 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 your Sunday heart, not your Sunday best heart. No, all your heart. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then two times on Sunday if you can. He says, "Seek me with all your heart." And see, that's what years did. He sought Christ with all his heart. Why? Because he had an issue. And how many know? Ain't nothing like an issue to make you start seeking God. How many people came to church after 911 back in the day? They say churches just exploded. Churches just exploded because uh, issue, problems, circumstances, terror, fear, all that stuff, that'll have you running to church. It'll have you running to God. And that's what, that's what years did. He said, he said, I gotta go do something. I gotta go find this. I gotta go find this God. And it says that in verse 20, in verse 22, it says one, the, the synagogue official came and once he saw him, he fell at his feet and he implored him honestly, earnestly. He fell at his feet. That, that's a sign of humility. See, when you come to God, you got to humble yourself. You can't go up in there all thinking you got it going on. What you need help for? It's one thing that, that, that really perturbs me so much is when somebody asks me how to do something, they want to tell me how to do it. Well, what you here for? I mean, for real, you ask me how, how do I bake a cake, but now you're trying to tell me what to put in it. Well, why are you asking me? Obviously, you don't need my help. And that, that's how we come to God sometimes. We just come to him for a sign-off. Okay, God, this is all the stuff I need you to do. I just need you to sign off. Kind of like, kind of like how we used to do back in the day with a report card when you knew it was bad. You, you kind of cover it up and hide it. Be like, Mom, just sign this, okay? That's all you got to do. Don't worry about what's all on there. Just sign it. And that's what we do to God. God, you know, don't worry about all the stuff I'm saying and I'm praying and I'm thinking about. I just need you to sign off. Yeah, I found this scripture. Okay, sign off on it, God. God signed off on it. He said he's going to supply all my knees according to his riches and glory. He signed off on it. But see, there's a whole lot of stuff that go before he supply your needs according to his riches and glory. See, we, we don't want, we, we want to block out the, the if-then clause. We just want the then. God said, I ain't signing no bad report cards. I need to look at it first before I sign anything. He said, so come to me humbly, humbly. And then he says, implore earnestly. And that's what 
Christ reminds them, even on the scripture says, come to me all who, who are laboring and who are heavy laden. He says, I'll give you the rest. But see, we got to come to him. A lot of us walking around discouraged and tired and upset and frustrated. I, I, I've been in that state just recently, but I know what I got to do. I said, all you, one prayer you always need to have, if you can't think of nothing else, is God help. Them only two words you ever need to know in your vocabulary is for his prayers concerned. If you don't know nothing else, you don't have to pray no fancy prayers. You don't have to do this, they, thou, and thee, and you, and you, and all that stuff. Sometimes all you can say is, God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. I don't know why I'm feeling like this right now. I don't know why I'm down right now. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this right now. I don't know how I'm getting through this right now. But God, help me. And that's what I believe years was saying. He was like, Christ, help me. He said, my daughter is dying. I need some help. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. But I know that you can do it. And that's what we got to realize. I know that he can do it. Amen. So he asked them. And then the next thing he did is, is it, he, in verse 24, it says, and they went. See, once we go to Christ, then you got to start walking with Christ. See, Yerus starts walking with Christ, and he's bringing Christ back to his home. And see, as fathers, we got to continually bring Christ back to our home. We got to make sure that Christ is in our home. We got to be like Joshua. Even even when I say fathers, I'm talking to the mothers also in the saying that as far as my house, we going to serve the Lord. We bringing Christ back to the house. See, a lot of us can go to Christ, but we won't walk with Christ. See, again, back with the 911, a lot of people went to Christ, but they stopped walking with Christ. See, we'll go to him for safety. And once we get safe and everything is fine, we get saved, I'm going to heaven now. I said, I said to God, my Savior, and he died on the cross, he raised on the third day, and I believe he my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. Boom, I'm saved. Now we go back over here. Boom, boom, boom. Pardon, crunk, doing everything, smoking weed, doing all this stuff, tricking, dipping, doing everything we used to do. See, the thing is, he's saying, but we go on the thing, he, 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 he know my heart, or I got grace. But what did Paul say? He said, he said, should we continue to sin so that grace will abound? Should we continue doing all that junk? Just cause you got saved, should we continue sinning just so that we can show God got grace? Yes. Should we continue keep acting a fool just to show that God won't kill us? No, that's not what we should do. He says, when you put on that new thing, he says, you're a new person. You gotta walk in the light. It turn, turn on. Real quickly, the Ephesians chapter 5. Because that's what Yeris started doing. He started walking with Christ back to his house. Because see, it says, see, it says in the scripture, it says, raise up your children in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from those ways. But the way is Christ. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse eight, cause see we can't once once see a lot of us will go to him, but we won't give it all up to him. We won't walk with him. In verse eight it says, "For you were formerly darkness." See that's where we was. I don't care who you is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was once darkness, meaning that we was we couldn't see some things. Meaning that we wouldn't have access to some things. Meaning we was going to stumble. I didn't know in the dark, you walking around the dark, you stumbling and banging your foot on stuff. You cussing things out that you can't see because you're like, Lord, it's dark in here. And he says that we were darkness. But then it says, but now you are light in the Lord. So you ain't light by yourself. You got to be light in the Lord. The light comes from God. And he says, because you are the light in the Lord, he says, now walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Mm. See, here is, he, he, he went to Christ, but then he said, you know what? I gotta, I gotta bring him back with me. I gotta go the way he's going. I gotta walk the same way he's walking. I gotta step the same way he's stepping. See, a lot of us will, will get saved, but we won't get delivered. See, salvation is in your going. 
Deliverance is in your walking. Amen. That is not, it's, a, it's a process. It's a process. See, we say we want to follow Christ. When we think following Christ is going to church. Well, it would be sad to know that Christ didn't go to church every Sunday. If you don't believe me, just research it. Amen. They didn't do it like we do it now. But follow in the Greek means to imitate. Imitate Christ. So I can imagine when they walking back, Yeris is, is walking and he's, he's, he's imitating every move. If Christ stop, he stop. If he walk, he walk. If the crowd come in, Yeris ain't, he's making sure he don't get pushed out the way. So you got to make sure you're not getting pushed out the way. Because it's a crowd of folks. You ain't the only one trying to get to God. You ain't the only one trying. It's a whole lot of folks around, but, but you got to press through. You got to. Get your position. Now, he got room for all of us, but you got to get in where you fit in. And how I fit might not be how you fit. Do your thing. Amen? Do it the way you do it, but get to him and walk with him. But see, in our walking, the reason why I read this whole passage is, if you look at, if you look at, um, if you look at the, starting at verse where am I looking at? Verse 20, 25. Let me get back there real quick. The reason why I read this whole thing is that in verse 25, we introduced to a story within a story. And I've taught on this before about the woman with the issue of blood. But she takes up, this whole story with her takes up like 10 verses of what we read. And I, and I like to say that really that was an interruption. Now, it, it was a powerful story within itself. And like I say, I taught on it, but it's an interruption to what Yeris got going on. He went to Christ and he walked into Christ. He's trying to get him back to his house because his, his daughter's dying. But all of a sudden, here goes this woman touching him in the middle of the crowd. And now Jesus stopping to have a conversation with him. Imagine what's going through Yeris' mind. What would be going through your mind if you don't went to Christ to, to, go to, to bring him back to your house to save your dying daughter on her deathbed, probably about to take her last breath, and he, he goes stopping to deal with this other woman. Stopping to deal with somebody else's issues. But see, you, you got to keep on going despite the interruptions. You See, everybody got issues. Everybody got problems. But see, you can't get mad because God said, you know what? I'm going to deal with his issues first. I'm going to handle his issues first. I, I know you with me. I know you still standing by me. He said, but I got I got to deal with him first. His his issue is more pertinent. Uh, trust me to know the priority of things. See, we want we want we want God to prioritize according to our schedule, according to what we want. God, I need you to bless me first before you bless anybody else. Then bless everybody else. Uh, even if they used to have this little thing and say, "God bless America," and then everybody else. But God said, "No, I got priority. I got my own priority priority list. I'll do it the way I want to." But see, I can imagine years like, man, what is he doing? What is he doing? See, he had faith to go to Christ. Amen? And that's what it takes. It takes faith to go to Christ. He had that faith. He's like, this man can do it. I, I've heard the stories about what he's done. He, he, he's, he hadn't raised nobody from the dead yet because Lazarus hadn't occurred yet. But, but he had done other miracles. The water to the wine and the blind folks and all that. So years like, he, he got something. I got faith in what he can do. But, but why is he stopping? Why is he stopping right here? And see, that's, that's, that's a test of faith, I believe, is in the middle of the story. And that's a test of faith that's in the middle of y'all's story. Is that in the midst of God trying to get to your promise, there might be an interruption. He might stop and take care of something else. But see, it's not that you're supposed to get mad at what he's taking care of. It's just a test to see if you're going to give up. Yeah. Are you tempted to give up? See, we got to keep going despite other people's issues because they're going to get in the way. See, other people's issues going to get in the way of us getting to our promise. But we can't let those issues become our issues. We can't let those circumstances become their, our circumstances. See, a lot of us take on other people's issues and wonder why we got issues. That ain't even your problem. You, you over there mad at them because they mad at them. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that bothers me. Why I got to not like them because you don't like them? I mean, ain't, ain't we in high school? 
so you don't like you don't like old dudes, so I, I don't supposed to like him either. He ain't done nothing to me. I mean, we cool. Now I just know that y'all, we all can't be together at the same time. But I'ma still kick it with him. Cause he cool with me. He ain't done nothing to me. But then they'll tell you what. You gonna find out. You gonna learn. Well, it might be you. Cause sometimes I don't like you either. But I tolerate you and deal with you because I love you. So it might be you. But see, other people' issues can become up. So years could have said, you know what? This this woman issue. She got all these issues. She got issues she done had for 12 years. Catch that. She done had issues for 12 years. My daughter is, is 12 years old. And my daughter been having these issues for 12 years because she had been sick for these 12 years. So it's, it's real funny how both stories are, are kind of similar. But I believe God in being a provincial God of the year, he was trying to show years something through that person's issue. See, sometimes God will try to show you something through somebody else's issue. He said, you know what? Here goes somebody just like your daughter. Matter of fact, I'm going to call her daughter so you'll know that it's the same thing. She got an issue with, uh, with the with blood for 12 years. Your daughter issue might be with blood. It might be a relationship thing. It might be who she was talking to, who she was dealing with, where she come from. It might be something in your bloodline that ain't right, and I'm trying to set it back right. He said, but if you see what I'm about to do for her, then wait to what I'm going to do for your daughter. I ain't even touched this woman, and she received it. I'm finna go touch your daughter, and what you think she going to see? So he was trying to show them something through somebody else's issue. Yes, yes. Sometimes God trying to show you something through somebody else's issue. And I can imagine once the woman was healed and Christ said, you healed, go on about your business. I can imagine years like, man, see, I knew I got the right one. This, this motherfucker, man, y'all don't know about this Jesus, boy. This Yeshua, I'm a Shiite. <laughs> He got it going on. I knew I was with the right one. I knew I was. Can't nobody tell me about my God. How many of us get like that when we first get saved? When we first start walking? Can't nobody tell me about my God. Amen. Lord, the Lord, he's he my provider. He my Jehovah Jireh. He my Jehovah Sidnu. He my Jehovah Rapha. He can do it when can't nobody else do it. The God who will never forsake me, won't never leave me. He is my God. We all happy. Everybody like, oh, Lord, here he come. Here he come, that Jesus stuff. Lord, have mercy. God, why you got to come around? But how many know years was built all the way up? But then all of a sudden, here come that other ninja named Satan. He come around the corner, and he sent his little messenger. And what do the messengers say in verse 35? Verse 35, it says, while he was still speaking, I like that right there. That's Christ. While he was still speaking. So it means even when the word is going forth, even when the word of God, this is the word himself, even when the word is going forth, even as it's going out right now, the enemy is still probably in your mind trying to say, you know what? This stuff ain't no bunch of hokey pokey. When you going to shut up? I'm ready to go. This Father's Day, I'm trying to go to brunch. I'm trying to do all this. Why don't he just shut up up there? While he was still speaking. That's how he sound. You know, he sound like Kyle, you know. Yeah, he pretty weak with it. It says, they came. And see, it wasn't just one. Because see, how many know that Satan know the scripture? He, he don't have a revelation of the scripture, but Satan know that where two or more are in agreement. Satan know that that, that, that a word got to be witnessed. Yeah. Satan know all that. We, we don't know that. We don't act like we don't know that. It's got to be witnessed. You can't just say something and ain't no witness to do it. A prophetic word got to have a witness to go behind that word. So Satan said, you know what? I'm going to send my prophetic word. He said, they. It says, they came from the house. These folks came from this man's house. See, there's a reason why he was trying to bring God back to his house. Because he knew he had some enemies at his house. He knew he had some issues at his house. It wasn't just his daughter that was dying at his house. His daughter was dying for a reason. Because of what was going on around in his house. And it says they came from the house of the synagogue saying, your daughter has died. 
Why trouble the teacher anymore? Your baby dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you done got saved. You done went to Christ and everything. You walking with God, but you just lost your job. Don't bother God no more. He ain't with you. If he with you, you wouldn't have lost it. You just got saved. You read the scriptures. You pray all the time. You do everything right. You've been saved for a long time. Why you going through that now? You must not be saved. You must not walk with God. They'll tell you. And it's they. They sending that message. They sending that message to you. But but see, you got to be like how how uh, Nehemiah was when they kept sending the messages to him. He said, he said, I got work to do. I'm not coming down off this wall. He said, this is some stuff. To, and that's what we got to do. When enemy come with that man, he said, I got, I'm doing some work right now. But I, enemy, I bind you up right now in the name of Jesus. I am, I will hold every thought captive to the word of God. As the word go forth, I'm going to receive the word. It's not going to fall on rocky ground. I want to be fertile ground. So that thing can go inside of me and then it can uproot and do everything. I might not even understand everything that's going forth right now. But the whole Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, will give me the revelation in the way that I need it so that I can understand, so that I can walk with this thing. But then they say, your daughter has died. And that's what the enemy is saying to some of us. Your, 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 your daughter has died. Your child has died. And your child, you can put that in, in the place, you can, you can juxtapose your promise has died. What God has promised you is die. That business ain't gonna happen like like He said it was. That ministry ain't gonna go forth like He said it was. It's, it's dying. It, it looked dead. It, it's smelling. It's about to stink. Can't you see it? Why you even bothering God? Why you even still praying on this thing? It ain't happened yet. Why you still praying on? It ain't happened in ten years, and you still praying and believing God. I believe in God. Then people start mocking you, mimicking you. It ain't happened yet. Why why you bothering teachers? But see, I like it right there because it lets me know that not only did they come at him foul, because they came from his house. They're supposed to be his friends. They came at him foul, but they didn't know who God was. Because they said, don't trouble the teacher anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't trouble the master anymore. Mm -hmm. How many know that you can't trouble God? You can't trouble God. Why does God say, come to me all the if you got troubles, if you burn down, if you have the laden, I'll give you rest. How's that a God that you can trouble? When he's saying, cast all your anxieties on me, not just some of them. He said, cast them all on me. How is that troubling God? They didn't know who God was. Be careful of who you allow to speak into your life and to say things over your situation because they might not know God. They might know of God, but they don't know God. They might know his name, but they don't know his game. Be careful. And then I like how Jesus does it right here because he says in verse 36, it says, but Jesus overhearing what was being spoken. Jesus eavesdropping, y'all. <laughs> Jesus knows. Cause he over here talking to the woman, but he listens to what's going on over here. How many know that God can multitask? He can work on they issue and be listening to what's going on, what the enemy trying to do to you over here. He's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm over here dealing with this issue right now. But the enemy, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're trying to do, do to that person. I hear what you're trying to do to their faith. I hear what you're trying to do to their trust. I hear what you're trying to do to, to what they believe in. It. I hear what you're doing. And you know what? I ain't even going to address you. So I thought that was funny too because he didn't even address them. Because he could have told them, y'all don't even know what y'all talking about. I'm Christ. I knew what was going to happen before he knew what was going to happen. I knew he was coming to get me before he even thought about coming to get me. But he didn't address them. He addressed years. And what did he say? Do not be afraid any longer. Only believe. Some translations say continue to believe. But he said, do not be afraid any longer. And says what God will say to you in the middle of, 
of the frustration. Because it might seem like we up and down on an emotional roller coaster. And we talked about feelings last week. But see, we can't go by feelings. We got to go by the truth. Feelings will keep you up and down and up and down emotionally. The enemy will try to do a little stupid stuff to make you get off your mark. Just like, like they did with Sister Cherie with the bears. The little simple, stupid stuff. It ain't even really nothing. It's just to bother you, to upset you, to frustrate you. Like, why is this? You come outside and see your tie flat. Like, oh my God, what's the, what now? But all that's just to keep you off ended, to keep you off your destiny. See, all they wanted years to do was say, Jesus, don't worry about it. She dead. Go on about your way. Keep on dealing with that person. But, but Christ stepped in and said, don't be afraid. See, he know that we gonna be afraid. He know that we gonna lose it sometime. We don't, don't, don't act like you always got it going on. I don't like those sanctimonious folks. Like, 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 Pastor Paul said earlier, talking about every time you see him blessed and highly favored, be for real. You ain't, you, you, yes, you blessed and highly favored, true enough. That, that is our identity. But today I feel like hell. Just trust the plain and simple. I don't feel like going through it today. I don't feel like dealing with it today. I don't feel like preaching today. I don't feel like saying today. I don't even feel like getting up out of my bed today. That's just the day. I know I'm blessed and highly favored, but right now this, this is where I'm, I'm in the midst of something. Yeah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Daddy, no best. Do not be afraid any longer. That's all he had to say to him. Don't, 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 don't be afraid any longer. I know you're scared now. See, God wants us to be transparent. He said, I know you're scared. I, I'd probably be scared too if I was you, but I ain't you. I know something that you don't know. I know what I can do. But what I'm trying to do is get you to know what I know. I'm trying to get you to see what I see. I'm trying to get you to hear what I hear. I know people like to quote in Isaiah like, you know, uh, what's the thing that says that, that no ear seen, no eyes are heard, and you know, your ways is not his ways. But see, people misquote that. They don't teach that problem. He was talking to a people who was not walking with him. So, of course, your ways is not his ways. Of course you can't hear what he hears. You can't see what he sees. Because you ain't walking with him. But when you get that thing lined up and you walking with him, his way is your way. Because you don't know no other way. Amen. So he said, don't be afraid. That's, that's why he said, step out the boat, Peter. Don't be afraid. The word already went forth. See, little do you know, I already done healed your daughter before I got there. All I'm coming now to do is just to sign the order, to sign the release note. I already done did it. It's just a matter of now formality. I already done it. I just need now for everybody else to see the revelation of it. Amen. See, that's what happened. God already done did your promise. God already done released your business out there. God already done released your ministry out there. God already done released your book out there. But God now just saying, I just need for now you to get the revelation of it. Don't be afraid. Only believe. You believe when I told you. You believe when you prayed about it. You believe when I gave you the vision. Now why? Because of this interruption from the enemy, you don't believe no more. Stop being afraid. Continue to believe. Continue to believe. Meaning trust in God. Trust in what he's doing for you. Trust in what he said. Remain steadfast like it says in James. Remain. Turn that real quick. James chapter 5. I'm trying to get through this thing. James chapter 5. I hope I hope we getting this. So we can be like this, this particular father. And like I said, I think it can apply to everybody. James chapter 5, verse 11. And it says, we count those blessed, and blessed means, you know, just, just empowered. We count those blessed who endured. See, endured. God said, it ain't going to always be easy. See, don't let nobody lie to you and say, just because you get saved, just because you're walking with God, just because you're praying, you're tithing, you're giving, you're doing all this stuff, you know, you you helping people, that it's going to just be easy for you. Otherwise, there will be no need for endurance. This is a marathon. It ain't a sprint. Amen? He says, we count those blessed who endure. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings. That the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. He's saying, you, you saw what he did for Job. 
Ain't nobody had it worse off than Job. You saw what he did for him. And it says he gave him double for his trouble. He said, so if I did it for him, I ain't no respect no person. What make you think I can't do it for you? But you just got to endure. You just got to get through this thing. You got to be like Job and be on your job. Your job is to keep believing. That's all you got to do sometimes is just believe. And your believing will cause the action. I believe God going to do this, so I'm going to step out here and do it. I believe that God is going to allow me to get this job, so I'm going to step out and send this resume. I believe that God is going to allow me to write this book, so I'm going to step out here and buy this computer and start typing it up. But it's a believe what calls action. Yes, yes. So I believe that Yeris got up and he, he said, you know what? I, I, I'm going to do this. I, I, I'm going to do this thing. I, I'm, I'm with the man. I just saw what he just did. So you got to bring back in the remembrance what God already done. God done done enough in your life already to this very day that you ain't got to never faint. You ain't never got to worry about whether he doubt for you or not. You just think about how what he already done. And if he already done it, why he do it in the first place? He didn't, he didn't bring you all the way over here just to drop you off right here. He didn't start walking with you just to say, you know what? I'm going to turn around right now. This is as far as you was going. That's not God. He says he's the author and finisher. See, some of us, we'll start something, but we won't finish it. God say, no, I, I started and I'm going to finish it. And me, and also, I'm going to watch over it while it's going on. He said, I got it from the beginning, the middle, and the end. All you got to do is what? Believe. Because daddy know best. Amen. And then I like what he said in verse 37, and it says he allowed no one to accompany him. See, Jesus, no. He said, don't, I, don't need, I don't need none of y'all around me because some of y'all some blessing blockers. <laughs> some of y'all ain't, ain't believing like, like I believe. Some of y'all ain't believing like years believe. Some of y'all trying to, trying to question things going on. Did God really say that? Is he really going to do that? He says he, he left some. And I, and I think it's even funny. He left some of his disciples. Except Peter, James, and John. See, you, you, sometimes y'all leave some of them church folks alone. They, yeah, they all up in there with you. Everybody in church don't need to be praying for you. That's why I tell, I tell Pastor Paul sometimes, like, don't, don't send out their prayer requests to everybody. And it ain't no, it ain't, it ain't no trying to pick and see who the best prayer is. Not. It's just, it's just saying that everybody don't need to know everything because they might not, they might take on this issue the wrong way. They might pray against it. P-R-E-Y. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not talking about anybody. We got a lot of people we can send stuff to. But you know, and it's like, you got to be selective. Christ was, he left his disciples. They was all with him. He like, no, nah, y'all, y'all stay back because <laughs> I ain't finished working with some of y'all yet. Cause I know you, especially you Jews, I already know what you finna do anyway. So I definitely need you to stay back. Cause you probably gonna come over to people's house and rob them and take their money. Cause I already know you're stealing out the treasure anyway. So you, you, you know you stay. Cause this man rich and he got a lot of stuff up in his house. So I don't need you to go. So you gotta know who you labor amongst. Know who you labor amongst. He's like, Peter, James, and John, y'all come on. I'm going to take Peter because I know, I know if something jump off, Peter going to handle it. So I ain't, you know, that, that's my bodyguard. That's my fault. That's my fort. So Peter, come on. And James and John, the sons of thunder, he's like, if Peter ain't got it, they the backup. So are we straight? Let's roll now. And it says, they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a commotion, people loudly weeping and wailing. And see, during that time, that, that, was, that was like professional mourners. They'd sort the people out, and what? they do all the screaming and hollering, and, and a lot of commotion. Now, how do you know that, that, that it don't take that for the spirit to show up? True that. It don't take a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of jumping around and acting fool and twirling around in a circle for the spirit to show up. The spirit is already here. The fact that the word is there, the spirit is there. You want to know how? Because you can't separate the spirit from the word. Hold your hand in front of your mouth and you say something to yourself. Do you not feel the breath on your hand as you talk? You cannot separate the pneuma, the spirit from now, I know some of y'all be like, oh, I need to brush my teeth. <laughs> yeah, but I need to eat something. But you can't separate the spirit from the word. 
As the word go forth, the spirit is already there. So Jesus see all this commotion. He's like, he like, and he went in. And he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? Why y'all doing all this? It don't take all this. The girl ain't dead. She just sleep. He was testing them. Because she really was dead. But he was testing them to see where their belief was. Where they, where they, what were they really there for? See, God got to see what you really here for. Are you here to help out? Or are you just here to spectate? Are you a participator or are you a spectator? You just a fan and showing when everything good and going on. You want to see what's going on? Yeah, they showed me and lay them away good. Lord, I wonder why the daughter was sick. Did you find out why that daughter was sick? Was the, was the daddy doing something to the daughter? I don't know. Some of them went now for the right reasons. Amen. And he saw a commotion of people as well, and he went in and he said, Why y'all doing all that? That's why I like you. Jesus be sitting straight. And see, this is what I like about years, though. He allows Jesus to enter in his house and Jesus to set order. And that's what we got to do. We got to allow Jesus to come in and set order. Because it says in verse 40, they begin laughing at him. Boom, test been proved. You ain't here for the right thing. You laughing at the word of God. You don't believe in what I believe in. You ain't walking the way I went to. You ain't even went to him. You was here at the house acting a fool. So you don't even believe like I do. And then it says right there in the B clause, but putting them all out. Jesus said, you know what? All y'all get out. Sound like Jesus will come in a place and turn it upside down. That's why I don't know why people want to make him out to be this little sissy punk that, that everybody just, you know, he'll run through the daffodils and weed smoking and flower child. No, Jesus was a rebel. He like, get out. Put them all out. And all the ones he kept, he said he took alone the child's father, the mother, and his companions. And they entered the room. See, sometimes you got to put folks out. See, we got a lot of blessing blockers walking around with us. You got to rid yourself of the blessing blocker. Is there anything that will hinder what God is trying to do in your life? You need to let him show up and move them out your life. If there's anything, you need to pray that prayer. And I, we pray to hear this church. And trust me, you want, might want to be specific because it will empty your, empty your seat for a church. And it will empty your life for your life. But how many know you want the people that God want in, in the building? You want the people that God want around you. Everybody ain't down for your success. So everybody in your boat ain't wrong. How about that? Some of them drilling holes. And they got a life jacket on ready to jump out when you start sinking. Because they just want to be there to tell the story. Yeah, I was there when he failed. Yeah, he tried that business. I knew it was going to fail because anybody wasn't going to do that stuff anyway. I don't know why he thought that stuff was going to sell people. Yeah, anybody doing all that. Anybody buying that kind of stuff. Nobody do all that stuff. So I knew. I knew. But then when they see you, oh, I just hate that your business failed. Oh, why? When you going to start again? You know, I would have bought it if I had some money that time. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. Blessing blockers. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. Right here, I'm, 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 I'm closing. Now turn to, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I, I hope y'all are getting this thing. See, we got to go to Christ. We got to walk with Christ. We got to trust in Christ. Amen. This is all the things that years was doing. But then, as we read on after the scripture, as it goes further down, then we receive from Christ. He received what he went to Christ for. Despite all the stuff that happened, he went to him. There was interruptions. There was other people issues. There was the naysayers coming, the haters, the backbiters. Got to the house, had to kick some folks out. Y'all been here too long time to go. Some of y'all got people in your house right now need to go. They need to get on up out of there. They've been there too long. I'm talking about Physical and spiritual. You need to go home to your house and say, you know what? You don't belong here. Don't know how you got here, but you wasn't invited. Somebody need to check what people have given you too. Because that's their entrance into your house. I don't know who I'm talking to with that, but that just popped into my spirit. Somebody just received something. I need to pause right here for a second. Give me a second. And Charlotte, I'm talking to you for some reason. God's saying that if somebody somebody gave you something and, and it's in your house, and he, and he says it's time to read to get rid of that thing. In the recent month or so, you receive 
some gift from somebody. It, it was it was something that you thought you may have needed. Just think on it. I, I don't interrupt stuff like that for nothing. Just think on it. Pray on it. Ask God what it is, and he'll reveal it to you, and he'll tell you how to get rid of that thing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because we got to get rid of the blessing blockers. Amen? Amen? Because some things are just there to attach, to pull down. See, when you plant seed, there's weeds that are around that will try to choke out the roots. That's all I'm saying. You don't want nothing choking out the root. They trying to get nutrients just like you. The wheat grow with the tares. God say, no, in this season, it's time for separation. Yeah, the wheat might have grew with the tares, but I'm separating the thing out. Because you can't eat the tear. That stuff need to be teared away. It need to be torn up. Amen? Amen. Amen. But why? Because it's time to receive the promise. Turn, I say, to Hebrews chapter 10. And we finishing right here. Hebrews chapter 10. But just think on that thing. I, I might get it as I, as I release it, but just think on it. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 32. Right here. It says, but remember the former days. Hebrews 10, 32. I think I want to read it in a new, uh, different translation. Y'all want to do the new living. If y'all got the little, you know, phone Bibles and all that little fancy stuff. Hebrews... Man, I ain't got it right there. I'll go with the Yeah, read the New Living Translation for me. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even through it, meant, even though it meant terrible suffering. Right. Keep going. Yeah, keep going to 33. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. Keep on going. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all your own was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that would last forever. So do not throw away this confidence. There you go. Trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Right there. Then you will receive all that was promised. Then. But that then comes with a whole lot of ifs before that, right? It says you got to remember the former days when you first learned about Christ. You got to remember the stuff that you went through. You got to endure. You 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 suffer for this thing. You've been a spectacle for this thing. He says, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away what God is about to do for you because of what you've been through. Don't throw away what God is is is, is trying to do. He says, then you will receive the promise. Don't throw away that confidence. Don't throw away what God has done. Remember what he already done and see what he can do in this situation. And I like how the story ends because they, they go into to the bedroom where the daughter is. They don't have it in the living room. They, they, they got it in the bedroom. And I think that God had it like that for a reason. Because in the bedroom, what do you do there? You rest. You rest in the bedroom. Amen. That's one of the things you do unless you're married also. But, but you rest. Amen. You rest. Amen. Come back with me. Come back. Come back. You rest. It's time to stop. Amen. You rest. You rest. And that's what God wants us to do. Amen. Is rest in his promise. Amen. I know it's over. Amen. Just rest in his promise. Amen.